0: Harry Edward Greenwell is the I-65 serial killer. He murdered at least three women working at Days Inns in the late 80s and early 90s, nearly killed two others, and raped several more. He died in 2013, and his wife at the time had no idea he had such a violent past. Hey everybody. Welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host and
1: partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Good morning. How's it going? It well, it's going well. I mean, it is snowing, so there's that, but other yeah. than that, you know, the coffee's hot, the dogs are cuddly. What can I say? Right, not too bad. I know. Yeah. Idaho Springs playing the piano, obviously. My cats are playing the
0: piano, as always. Yep, yep. So yep. it seems like everything is just your standard Monday morning, isn't it? <laughs> different day! <laughs> well, this is our Monday episode, and we are recording it on
1: Monday. And if you're wondering why, feel free to ask Mrs. Weaver. Oh. <laughs> yeah, somebody just can't seem to cool their jets and settle. I don't know what we, we should have no travel for the next couple of months or weeks, not months, weeks. <laughs> so that's good. No, that's good. To I, hear it. The piggies are glad they're very tired of us being gone, though they really love the piggy sitter because she feeds them a lot of snacks. Oh, I bet. I mm-hmm. bet. Well, we have lots for
0: you on this Monday episode. So why don't we get started, Katie, with an yes. MMIW.
1: Sure. <laughs> All righty. Well, we have an MMIW coming out of uh, the Fort Hall uh, area in Idaho. This is on the Choban Reservation. So I'm going to pull up her picture here. This is Danielle Edmo. And Danielle has been missing since the 1st of November-ish. Danielle has black hair, brown eyes. She's 5'8". When she went missing, she was four months pregnant and had a broken left femur. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of problems here, a lot of challenges here. Apparently, um, according to a post from her mom on Facebook, she did actually uh, come out of uh, missingness or hiding for just a few minutes around the 15th of November. And Mm -hmm. that's. The last she's been seen, here's another better picture of her. She's not very old, but uh, she was with a man named Marion, uh, who's a lot older than her. Her family's really concerned that she's with adults that are a lot older than she is that are really up to no good. They have struggled Mm. a lot to get the uh, police department to do anything because, again, we're just looking at this like some little runaway. She's eight months pregnant now. Come on, man. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. Yep. So this is what her mom said on the 19th. It was the 19th. She said, Danielle has come out of hiding. And by some miracle, she's vanished again. She has my mom's phone. And her only worry is that I got into her phone. So now she's aware of the fact that she, now she's aware of the fact that we know she's been in a relationship with someone named Marion Osborne that's who picked her up at her grandma's house and where she's been staying. And the Fort hall police will not do anything to help me. I notified them of any and all information. And that's as far as it's gotten. The only reason that she did come out of hiding is they did eventually search Marian Osborne's house. So she uh, had to leave for a while, but they think she might be back there. They don't really know. Mm-hmm. There is a detention order out for her as well. I, uh, This is just, it's getting to be a very uh, concerning situation because her due date is May 11th.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And is she getting any kind of prenatal care? Like, you know, I'm sure her mom is just beside
1: herself. She's beside herself. Uh, She's scared to death and very, very frustrated that anybody would be harboring her, you know, at this point. So I'm going to put her picture up one more time. This is Danielle Edmos. If you have seen her, particularly a very pregnant teenager, you know, that's walking around. Contact. I'm going to put this one back up. Contact the Ford Hall police. Or since uh, there seems to be a little disconnect there. This little girl is not listed on a single missing person's website. She's not listed as a missing child. She's not in the clearinghouse. Nothing. Because. They're just looking at it like a runaway and doing nothing. Let's be clear. She's she is years a child. And in, yeah. And in, in the need company of, of medical care. Yep. In the company of adults mm. in need of serious medical care. This is not, Oh, she just ran away. She gets to no. she's 16. She no, does not get to, she has been injured and no, she is pregnant. She needs to be in the care of her family. This is really, really concerning. Yeah, it is her. If you search for, Uh, Missing juveniles and adults in Idaho, there is a post about Danielle. Her Mm. mom's uh, contact info is there. I don't want to share it here, but her mom's contact info is there. So go find her over there. If you know anything, reach out to mom, reach out to the police, whatever, uh, you know, Whatever Danielle thinks at this point, uh, she needs to be brought into safety. And especially for the sake of that baby, it's just very concerning right now. So, yeah. at any rate, if you know anything, say something. If you've seen her at the Walmart or, you know, a restaurant or walking down the street or anything, please say something.
0: Absolutely. Even As if she always, doesn't look like it, she is a vulnerable child.
1: Yes. And, and per always, someone has seen something. You know that's true. Yep. Yep. All righty. Well, that's what I have on, Danielle. So, Christy, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for our main case. Okay.
0: Our main case today is another one of those DNA for the win kinds of cases, except it's kind of not a win. Yeah, that always sucks when they're dead. Yes, it does. Harry Edward Greenwell has been identified as the I-65 or Days Inn serial killer. So, Harry's crimes happened in the late 80s and early 90s. He is he was from <clears throat> Louisville, Kentucky, and his crimes actually also happened in Kentucky. So, I'll tell you a little bit about his victims and what happened and then let's talk about how he was identified. So his first and and we have to we have to give a caveat that we know of his first uh murder was on February 21st of 1987. And he was known for killing women who were clerks at Hotels. Lots of them were days in hotels. Some of them were in Kentucky. Some of them were in Ohio, uh, Indiana. He, um, he was working for the railroad. Oh, the police have long, had long thought that he was a long haul trucker. Sure. Because um, his, his uh, crimes happened along the I-65 corridor, except for Mm -hmm. one. There was one that happened on a different highway, mm-hmm. but, um, <clears throat> one, this one was the one in Minnesota was not on I-65, but they think now, you know, I mean, the, the railroad tracks basically follow the same kinds of paths. Sure. Yeah. So wow. his first victim was Vicki Lucille Heath. She was a night clerk at a super eight motel in uh, Elizabethtown, Kentucky there'd been what appeared to be a fight in the hotel lobby with a phone being pulled out of the wall. And so um, people who were staying there at the hotel called the police because something was wrong and there was no one at the desk. And Hmm. police found her body um, behind a dumpster uh, outside of the motel. Oh boy. And she had been shot and sexually assaulted. So then, so that was February 21st of 1987. Mm -hmm. So then on March 3rd of 1989, he killed two hotel clerks at different hotels on the same night. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. This guy is really weird. And we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. why he is so weird.
1: Weird Um, patterns. Yeah.
0: Very weird patterns. Yeah. So the first victim was Margaret. She went by Peggy Gill. She was 24. She was a night auditor at um, a Merrillville, Indiana Days Inn. She was sexually assaulted and shot twice in the head. And her body was dumped in a back hallway of the hotel. Oh, boy. Um, The hotel was also robbed of $179. Sometimes there was uh, burglary
1: involved in these cases, but not always. You think it was burglary to just to try and make it look like something else or just opportunistic? Mm
0: -hmm opportunistic i mean he had a history of burglary and it actually he actually did some prison time for burglary ah. um around the time of these murders he wasn't identified um as this uh, murderer at the time but uh, let's see so 4 hours after he killed peggy gill he sexually assaulted and shot jeanie gilbert who was an auditor oh. at the remington indiana days in oh my god her body was found outside near the road mm-hmm. uh, the next morning by somebody driving by. In that time, he took $247 from the motel. Um, he shot both women with the same handgun. It was a twenty-two caliber handgun. So then on January 2nd of 1990, he attacked a 21-year-old hotel clerk. This was in Columbus, Indiana, also at a Days Inn. Mm-hmm. This victim survived the attack. He wow. she was sexually assaulted and stabbed. This is the other weird thing. Some of his victims were stabbed, some of them were shot. That's, That's chaotic. Reason. Yeah. There's a bunch of strange things about this. So um she she was assaulted and stabbed, and he robbed her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is where this composite drawing came from. So for a really long time, really until just recently, mm-hmm. all we had to go on was this picture. Yeah. This was the picture. Um, she noted that he had kind of a lazy eye,
1: which they oh, had, okay. I was have...
0: wondering about the eye. Okay. Yeah. And she'd hoped that, you know, they'd hoped that maybe that would help them identify him. Mm-hmm. Nothing. We totally didn't. Uh, let's see. Although um, <clears throat> there was DNA in that murder or in that attack. That Uh linked him back to the murders in 1989. So they knew they're dealing with the same guy. Yes. Then in 1991, he sexually assaulted and stabbed another woman. This was in Rochester, Minnesota. She also survived. Wow. And her description of him was similar to the one from 1990. Mm -hmm. He was wearing a flannel shirt and jeans both times and, and a lazy eye. Wow. So in 2013, they linked the 1991 attack to the or in 2013. I mean, they linked the 1991 attack to the yeah. other attacks.
1: Well, surely there was DNA in that one as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they know that they're dealing with the same guy, but they don't have any idea who he is. Not a clue. And that's why they thought he was a an over the road trucker, uh-huh. because he just would, you know, come in and disappear and. Uh, the murders and the attacks just went cold until 2008. Mm-hmm. And that's when they started working on the DNA. And they officially linked all of them. They started calling this a serial killer. That's when they started calling him the I-65 serial killer or the Days in serial killer because most of his victims worked for Days in. Mm-hmm. And they also all happened between January and March, which made them think this was a seasonal worker that worked in that area in some Mm -hmm. way, or, you know, something to do with that period of time. Mm -hmm. So they, at the time they identified him as a truck driver or traveling salesman between the age of 55 and 65. They were a little off with that. he was a little younger than that. Yeah. Um, But I mean, they were right on with, you know, the kind of work that he was doing, the railroad, same thing, you know, he's running along that, those highways. Yeah. So just barely, just a couple of weeks ago, familial DNA, uh, you know, through genealogical, the genealogical DNA work, identified him with a 99.999% probability. There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, first, right. And the police just, I just announced on April 5th that, um, There is a that they are investigating the distinct possibility that he was involved in in other violent crimes in the Midwest. So this is what we don't know yet. These are only the cases we know of for sure. Right. But it's believed that, you know, he there are other rapes they're trying to connect to this. Mm -hmm. So he did have a a little bit of a, a criminal history. In Mm -hmm. 1989, he had a traffic violation and a domestic incident in Wisconsin. Mm. Um, A month later, he was arrested for violating a restraining order and was put on probation. In 1998, he was arrested for felony possession in Iowa. You know, he's all over the place. He's in all these different states. So you can see why it's been difficult to find him. But he did do some prison time Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in which he's one of these guys that escapes.
1: Oh, God.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, first of all, on April 28th of 1978, his wife died in a house fire. Okay. So, there are questions now about her and was this really an accident? considering his history mm-hmm. um, in 1982. So not long before these, uh, the the murders, mm-hmm. he was sentenced to prison for burglary in Iowa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> During his arrest, he escaped from custody and was recaptured two times. Wow. Yeah. And then he served uh, some time in the Anamosa state penitentiary And Kentucky State Reformatory. He was released in 1983. And that's when he started working on the railroad. So really, from 1983 on, until he retired in 2010 from the railroad, there could be a lot more. We just don't know yet. That's a big window. Yeah, it is. It's a really big window. He died in 2013 uh, from cancer. He was living in Lansing, Ohio at the time. And here's one of the strangest parts of this story. For the last nearly 20 years of his life, he was married to a woman named Julie Jenkins. And when Julie was contacted about this case and about his DNA being linked, she had no clue. She swears that he was never violent with her, that she was never afraid of him, that he was a really avid gardener and he sold, he sold all of those vegetables that he grew at a local farmer's market, Uh that he was just known to be a a kind, good person in their community. Wow. Just, I mean, you know, on the books his last assault was in 1991 and he
1: died in 2013 right and that would have been a couple of years before he got married yeah yeah so she you
0: know now has said publicly that she recognizes that she's lucky to be alive
1: Mm -hmm.
0: she Uh, definitely yes she swears that she had no idea he was never violent with her he told her that he'd had a a, a criminal past and had, you know, mm-hmm. gone to prison for burglary and she knew those yeah. things about him, but they were such a long time ago in her mind, you know, mm-hmm. she had never really feared him or anything about him. Sure. But, I mean, not only was he a serial murderer, he was a serial rapist. Right. And, and you know, sometimes serial murderers do stop. Yeah. But serial rapists really stop. I I have a harder time believing that
1: mm-hmm.
0: than the murders. He may have gotten real scared of getting caught or I don't know what it's hard. Really, it's difficult to say. At I mean, it's time, hard to say that he just got it out of his system, you know? Yeah. And then just never did it again for, you know, but, 25,
1: 30 more years. But stranger things have happened with serial killers. I mean, that doesn't right. happen. It does but it happen. It's such a weird concept to me that for a while I'm all murdery and then I'm not. You know, and then I just settle down with this wife in a little town and just become a
0: stand-up citizen, uh, right? There's something we don't know in this story, mm-hmm. quite obviously, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it's this is brand new. This just was yeah. released a week ago that he's, mm-hmm. you know, has been identified by DNA, and so there's there is so much that we don't know yet, but. Oh, yeah. And I can't imagine there's not a whole lot more coming.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: It it is at least some some closure, some something for Mm -hmm. family members of the victims that he killed and Mm -hmm. for the women that he assaulted to at least have a name. Um, It is always dissatisfactory when someone like this is identified and they've already passed away because he managed to live out his entire life with no consequences for these things. Yeah. But it does, I'm going to keep a close eye on this because I am yeah. fascinated with how did he just stop Yeah, and not kill or rape anyone for 30 years? Or did he? Or did he? Yeah. Was he still working those rail lines and doing things that his wife had no idea of? Yeah. You know, his wife now says she, you know, she knew about the fire that killed his his previous wife. And she wonders now. You know, was that really an accidental fire or did he set it? Um, He has two children and she has three, I think. Mm -hmm. So there's a large family of people who know him. Yeah. And it seems to be coming as a surprise, at least to her and the people she has spoken to. Such a strange situation. Really strange situation. Wow. So we're going to keep an eye on this case, definitely, to see what else we, um, you know, we're missing here. Because what yeah. happened, either something happened that stopped him or nothing happened that stopped him and he continued. And we just haven't, they just haven't linked those cases yet. Yeah. It's it's hard to say at this point. But what we do know is, you know, there's no doubt that he committed those crimes in the late 80s, early 90s, because his DNA mm-hmm. was part of the sexual assaults. So, yeah, there you have it. Harry Edward Greenwell is the I-65 well, yeah. serial killer.
1: Okay, then. Wild. Wow, wild.
0: All yes. right. No. Yeah. Well, I'm going to send it right over to you for a missing person spotlight.
1: Yes. All righty. So we have a missing person. Uh, She's out of the Oakland area. Her name is Shannon Miasek. She goes by Pebbles usually or Shay. She always has her dog with her. He looks like some kind of a Rottweiler mix. Uh, His name is Porkchop. And she has been known to wander and, and travel around a bit, but always checks in with her family. And she hasn't. And they're really, really worried about her. So she has not been seen since the 13th of March. Yeah. She's 35. She's 5'6". She's 175-ish pounds. She has hazel green eyes. She has long brown dreadlocks. And of course she has her dog with her, or or she should. She typically does. Uh, she has her nose pierced. She has tattoos on her Arms, uh, birds, a compass, a rose, and on her thigh, she has lily tattoos. So again, birds, a compass, a rose, and then lilies on her right thigh. So those are things to watch for. Um, Hmm. On the missing persons poster, it says Shannon is a traveler and is always seen in the company of her dog Porkchop. Shannon was last seen in the Oakland area and believed to be heading to the San Francisco Bay Area. Shannon checks in with friends and family often, and it's very out of character for her to have not checked in. A couple of things to note about Shannon. There's a couple more pictures. Uh, One of her friends is saying that uh, she spoke to her recently, and she said she was being threatened by a man out of the Eugene area. Shannon has also been a witness on a murder case. So there's multiple worries about her safety right now, of course, and her friends and family are actually getting pretty frantic. Yeah, We were contacted about her by a contact in Slab City that said there was rumors that she had been there. Uh, this morning, I heard from a couple of people in Slab City who say that was a rumor that she has not been there. I'm just still going to throw it out there to anywhere that she could have possibly been. Mm-hmm. Um, a- One person is telling me that there's someone else in Slab City that goes by Pebbles and they think that there was some confusion there, Mm -hmm. which is possible. But we also know that, uh, you know, one person's word is different than another's. So we're putting it all out there.
0: Well, and someone who, you know, travels around like she does, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of those folks in Southern California, they do end up in Slab City at one point or another. So it's it's an Mm -hmm. important element just for people to be aware of.
1: Yeah, for sure. And we're not saying she's definitely in Slab City or not or was seen there, but there was Mm -hmm. some rumor that she had been seen there and had gotten a ride to the Walmart. So wanted to make sure that was uh, said. But again, uh, her family and friends believe that she is headed to San Francisco or would have been, Mm -hmm. but nobody has a clue. She has just absolutely vanished. So lots and lots of worry there. So I'm going to put up a missing poster one more time. If you have seen her or think you saw her or any whisper of this girl, this dog, contact the Oakland Police, let them know what you saw. Remember that no amount of information is too small. Right. If you think you saw something, say something. right. You don't have to be right, right. It doesn't matter if, if
0: you're wrong, no one's going to be mad about that. It's just, Mm -hmm. you never know what one tiny bit of information might do to help find somebody.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So, you know, you never know. And as always, somebody has seen something, somebody knows something and maybe you think it was a minor thing or something that didn't matter, but it all matters because trying to piece together a timeline of where she's been and where she's gone is the best thing her family and friends have going for them right now. So speak up. There is a Facebook group. It's an open group. It's called Friends and Family of Shannon Miasek. That's a really good place to go to take a look. And uh, her friends and family are commenting there. If you post there, uh, you know they'll help you get your info to the right place if you know something. Or if you just want to help, if you want to hang up flyers, if you're in the area, that would be helpful too. So reach out. You know, we are all in this together, right?
0: Right, exactly. Well, and it's just an important reminder that you, if you live in the area where someone has gone missing and you see something that makes you wonder, report it. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that.
1: Yeah. Report it. Every little bit helps. Because, mm-hmm. again, you don't know if that's the last little bit of info that the police needed to click something together. You just don't know.
0: Well, and it's important to remember also, it's not like Shannon's not in trouble. No. Shannon's missing. There's worry that missing. she's vulnerable and something's happened to her.
1: Mm-hmm. Reporting to
0: the police will not get her in trouble. They no. Will help the police locate her and locate let her family it. know that she's okay. They just want to know she's okay.
1: It will also help them to know what area to search CCTV. Yeah. If there's a hint of, you know, hey, maybe she was here, then they can start pulling cameras from the area and maybe start putting something together. Yeah. So Yeah. It all matters. It, it all matters every time. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Most definitely.
1: Yep. Well, that's what I've got. I'm going to show you guys her face one more time. This is Shannon or Pebbles or Shea. Mm-hmm. Yep. So holding space uh, for her family and friends that she's found safe and uh, quickly because I think they're they've had enough. This is so scary. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you for that, Katie. Yeah.
0: Well, everybody, this is our Monday episode. We will be back on Tuesday and Wednesday with more great content. We'll also be back Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain for our case updates live stream that's live streamed on YouTube and our Facebook group. Um, and many of you join us after the fact too, which is great. And then we'll be back on Thursday for at 7 p.m. Mountain again for the psychic hour. So you don't want to miss. We have lots more great stuff coming. Please like, subscribe, share, comment, whatever you can do to help us grow is much appreciated. And as
1: always, you
0: know it, we are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here.
1: Take care.